Hello everyone and welcome to Diversify Her Podcast. I'm your host Raven Hayward and today on the show I have Miss Jalea Taylor and MK Ware. So I would like for y'all both to start off by just introducing yourself, saying your name, where you're from, and your major, and also your year. We can start with Julia. Yeah, my name is Julia Taylor, and I'm a sophomore from Charlotte, North Carolina, majoring in political science and media and journalism. And I'm MK Ware. I'm a sophomore communications major from Durham, North Carolina. Perfect. So I'd like to first just start off by asking y'all, what made y'all want to first come? to UNC? And was UNC your first choice when thinking about a college that you wanted to go to? Yeah. um, So UNC originally, it wasn't super high up on the list, being completely candid. Um, I was interested in more um, sort of renowned, quote unquote, private liberal arts colleges like uh, the Westlands and the NYUs of the world, um, just because I have more of an artsy focus. And I thought that I wanted to be at a university like that. And not saying that obviously UNC is not that, but coming here now and sort of not originally having the perception that it was that kind of school, I'm really excited that I've been able to find a community here like that because I think when I first came in, it was sort of like, oh, it's every, you know, everybody STEM, everybody wants to do science, this, that. Um, but it's been nice to be able to still find that um, more. Um, humanities-brained um, kind of community here. So it wasn't my first, but I'm really satisfied with the decision. Yeah, UNC definitely was my first choice just because I've had a lot of family members go to UNC. And, you know, I've been like a Tar Heel ever since. Basically, I was born. So it definitely was my top choice. And I'm really glad that I came here just because what MK was talking about, you know, having that sense of community. Um, I'm not a STEM major, so it's nice to have other like political science, media and journalism and there's just so many opportunities at this school that I really am glad that I came here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Julia, you and I, we sort of have similar stories. Like my older brother, he came here. So seeing like how his experience was at UNC, I knew that it was a place that I definitely could see myself at, especially because just of the black community that we've sort of built here and just like how we really do separate, I mean, um, celebrate like different cultures and everything. So I'd love for to get y'all's take of like with being black girls at a PWI, do you feel like there's spaces that have been made for you or are you able to see yourself in a lot of like the classrooms that you're at? And if not, like, how do you deal with that? Yeah, I feel like one of the biggest things that I got from other black students at my high school was like, oh, you're going to that white school, you know, good luck with that, which was really strange because, you know, the school that we were going to was a white school. So it would just be like stepping into an environment that I was already familiar with. So I knew that I was going to be in classes where people didn't look like me all the time. And, you know, just being at a PWI, there's going to be lots of white people here. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of just expected that when I came in. But I definitely do think that Black UNC or in the Black students here have just done a really excellent job at creating our own spaces. Um, our own spaces. There's clubs like Expressions, Albums and Record Societies. There's Black Student Movement, obviously. There's Oasis, One Africa. And there's just all these different groups where um, Black people can really connect with um, people that look like them. Um, they really get to tap into their identity. And another thing that I like about um, these spaces that we've created here is that they're not just designed for one type of Black student. Um, you know, there's diversity within our own community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Julie, you summed that up really, really well. Um, 
like obviously being at a PWI, it's uh, you know, there's not as many black people always in your academic environments. Like I'm typically maybe one of three black people in my classes because they're only about 20 to 25 or so people. Um, but socially, it's like incredible to find those clubs where it's like, okay, I'm stepping into a black space and I'm aware of that and I can feel a lot more comfortable in that. Um, and knowing that even if I'm not always, you know, from nine to three in the most, um, you know, black sort of spaces, I can find those in my extracurriculars in the afternoon. Right. Um, and I actually met both of you guys because you were orientation leaders. So with UNC, it was like the first year back, I believe, where they had like in-person orientations because you guys' orientation, was it in-person or what? online? It was online. Okay. So I'd love for you guys to sort of like compare those different experiences like with y'all actually having like an online orientation versus being orientation leaders in person. Um, how did that differentiate? And also what made you guys want to be orientation leaders? Yeah, um, I think just one of the like really, really big differences that I was able to observe between the online and the in-person um, options was the fact that, um, you know, the new class really got to socialize and interact with one another. And I realized I would, it like made my heart so happy when I would see the different um groups and friendships being formed during orientation Mm -hmm. and sort of recognizing that, you know, I didn't necessarily get to have that because everyone was just a virtual uh, being, Mm -hmm. but it was really exciting to see that um, the 2026 class was able to find that community even before stepping onto the actual, like, or going to classes, I should say. Um, And I think in terms of what inspired me to sort of do it, I... And really, I have a big philosophy, you know, once once you get to a certain place or even if it's a small step, you should, you know, turn back around and help the next person in line. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to make sure that um, or at least help the new class and and adjusting and getting used to college because it can be a really, really difficult thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing the different things that I had went through, maybe helping to ease the pain of somebody else who was mm-hmm. coming into my um, similar place. Yeah, no, I think MK really just summed it up really well. Um, Yeah, orientation is the first step into UNC where you kind of get to meet everybody. And personally, from my experience, we were all online, so I didn't really get the getting to know other people or other Black students before entering UNC. So that process was very difficult for me and kind of just didn't make me want to be an orientation leader just because I was scared that it was going to be online again. Mm -hmm. But I think what really um, inspired me to do so is just kind of what MK was saying. You know, there's going to be other students coming in that may have ill feelings about coming to UNC or may be super excited to go to UNC. And so I just felt like, you know, I have to be someone there um, to show them kind of the way and then also a face for Black students Mm -hmm. because several students will be coming to campus say that to see for them to see that someone looks like them and that they can do it too and I think really one of my um, most proudest things about being an orientation leader is the fact that we really inspired so many students to apply to be an OL next year Mm. and so they recently just got their acceptances letters back and it's just really um, cool to see that and how we kind of inspired them to do that and guided them along the process so I'm really proud of my experience as an orientation leader yeah that's really cool that's so cool I'm glad that y'all are able to have that experience and I know that with my um like my orientation experience I really did like enjoy 
being able to really like get that UNC community feel already and basically feel like I was already like a part of the campus, you know? So now shifting into how this semester has been going so far, um, like you were saying, MK Angelia, just the transition of coming to college is definitely humbling and like an experience that I've never had before. So I have finals coming up and I don't know. I I feel like I've been handling the stress pretty well, but you guys have already done this. Like this is your second rodeo or third rodeo, I guess, because, you know, we're split into different semesters. So how did you guys handle like going into finals and sort of like how did you prepare or like some advice for me as I'm getting ready to do this? Like how was this process for y'all last year? Yeah, so this process for me last year was completely new because and back in high school, your grade isn't dependent on one exam or a final exam. But, you know, once you get to college, it's really these final exams are 20 to 25 percent of your final grade. So it's a really stressful process. And I think I put my put too much pressure on myself last year to perform so well on these exams and trying to over prepare and cram. But I think this semester, I've kind of just been taking it one day at a time and just really trying to soak up as much information as I can while I'm in class and then also taking advantage of those resources like going to office hours, meeting with professors. But my biggest thing for for freshmen that are going into the final season their first time is um, you're prepared. You're here at UNC for a reason and you've taken the class, you've gone to classes, you've taken exams with that professor before. So, I mean, you got it. You're already prepared and um, you'll be fine. And really just to not stress yourself out too much about it. I mean, it does hold a lot of weight, so take it seriously, <laughs> but um, it's not the end of the world if you don't do perform as well as you like, would have liked to. Yeah, and I fully agree with that. Um, just not, or trying your best not to get too much into your head because, you know, it's we're often our own worst enemies. Um, so just, you know, trying to be careful with that. And then also, just one of the things that I've honestly found has helped me really through the exam season is like romanticizing my study experience so <laughs> if that means I'm um putting on like some music that really makes me feel um productive and inspired or drinking a cup of coffee or sometimes it's studying with friends whatever sort of helps me get into that mindset of um you know I can do it and it calms me down also because I'm enjoying the experience more mm-hmm. so it sounds kind of you know funny but really if there's something that makes you feel better when you're studying really taking advantage of that while you're while you're going through exam season because it makes those long hours a lot more bearable i know something that i kind of struggle with and i was telling julia this earlier is when i take breaks i i mean when i'm studying i often take breaks sometimes to reward myself and then it's hard to like get back in that mode of like studying so when you study like do you break it up or how do you go about like actually setting your environment for when you're about to study yeah typically so i go to my favorite library on campus which is the health science library um i think one of the things for me personally that i really enjoy about it is that it's in a more secluded area of campus and it's towards more of the graduate side so there are a whole lot less students um, which means a whole lot less people that I'm going to run into mm-hmm. um, and start a conversation with in the midst of the studying. Um, also, I, you know, I right now I'm really in a cappuccino phase. Mm-hmm. So I'll have a cappuccino beside me, um, not always necessarily to start, but that'll be one of my breaks, how I'll reward myself. 
I'll be like, okay, I've studied for about, you know, 30 to 45 minutes. I'm going to take a break, go get a cappuccino. It'll clear my head a little bit and I'm going to come back and keep going. Um, also, I forget what the actual technique is called or the sort of the the way to do it. But there's something that's like on YouTube, you can study for 25 minutes and then that you take like a 10 minute break period. And then it lets you know when to go back to the 25. And I know that's worked for a lot of people during exams, too. Yeah, no, I completely agree with like breaking and chucking things up. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of times I just go into studying with the mindset of like it's just based off of how I feel that day. And sometimes studying will get done and sometimes no studying will get done. So <laughs> Um, honestly, it's just based off of how I feel, but when I do feel prepared, um, like today's going to be a good day, I'll, I'll study. Um, I'll go to the <laughs> library or go to the student government suite and I'll just kind of sit there, give myself like a couple of hours and break it up. You know, there's going to be several TikTok breaks and <laughs> Bojangles stop, but you know, eventually we'll get done. Um, I like to normally get things done in one day and like if I'm working on a paper, I kind of just end up writing it naturally in one day. I don't really take multiple days to do it just because like I want to put all my time and energy into that one thing and I ended up just end up just typing a lot more. So yeah, just talking it up throughout the day, giving myself breaks and um, knowing that it's okay if I don't get something done that day mm -hmm. and it'll be fine. Well, that's good. So as we go into the next semester, do you guys have like any goals that you have set for yourself or any new year resolutions that you want to have? I got to think about that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I think one of my biggest goals going into next semester is just really just being my most authentic self. Um yeah, I just feel like a lot of times when I'm entering certain spaces on campus, I feel like I have to, you know, put on a show or an act for other people. But I really can just be me, and that's going to be completely fine. And I know that sounds kind of corny, but I feel like in this day and age with, like, social media and things like that, um, it's kind of hard to lose track of who you really are. So, yeah. Yeah, um, and I guess I don't – I wish I was more like Julia and had, like, a <laughs> – like a well-being kind of go like authenticity. Um, but I guess mine would just honestly to be, I'm really interested in um, production and being up on stage. So just getting into more performance spaces, um, being able to grow in that way and allowing myself to, you know, sort of fail if I need to in those spaces, but sort of keep pressing so that I can be better. And that is being your authentic. Yeah. You're, <laughs> getting, a... you're doing your passion. You're doing something you're passionate about, you know, putting yourself in different positions, uncomfortable positions for you to grow, right? So as we come to the end of this episode, a signature question that I have is what's one piece of advice you would give Gen Z to go out and diversify themselves? Um, I think from sort of my perspective on it is, uh, you know, just listen to people. Um, I think there are a lot of times, a lot of times where we, are so, you know, closed-minded and unable to accept the other perspective because we don't even want to listen in the first place. We're just waiting for our turn to speak. Um, and I think a big part of diversity is giving people those spaces to not only talk, but to listen as well mm -hmm. um, so that growth can happen. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, one advice that I would give to diversify the world um, to Gen Z is really just to stick to what you're passionate about and 
not to worry about taking on too much for yourself. Um, I think it's very easy to get on social media and think, oh, this is this is an issue that I should care about, which obviously is really good to care about multiple things going on in the world, but really just sticking to um, one single singular idea and um, trying to make efforts and strives in that category and focusing on that rather than trying to do everything. Mm, that's really good. Well, thank you all so much for coming on here today. Everyone be sure to wish them well. I'm sure that you guys are going to do amazing on your exams. You too. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to need it. I'm going to need it. But um, I appreciate y'all for coming on here. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Diversify Her, and I'll see you next time.